1: Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor, Hindustan Times, and this is the Books and Authors podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out. Hi, so today we have with us Nasreen Muni Kabir. Uh, who's um, written Lata Mangeshkar in her own voice? It's an interv- a long series of interviews with uh, Lata Mangeshkar, and uh, maybe I should start by asking Nasreen to explain the book. You know the structure yes. of the book.
0: Hi, Amrula. Hi. I basically what I'm very keen on are these kind of long conversations. I could have got all that information from her and then written a biography. But I Mm. really believe that actually there's nothing like first-hand accounts to have people speak in their own voice. And I really like that format. And I think people open up a lot more because they feel a little bit, they own the the material more. And uh, she's obviously uh, very, very... uh, intelligent and so therefore uh, it made sense to do it that way. Plus another thing is when we had the book release you will be very amused to know that a lot of our conversations took place on the telephone when I was in London and she was in Bombay and then uh, Jaya Bhaduri Jaya Bachan who was at the at the book launch asked me a very interesting question and she said mm-hmm. oh wasn't it difficult to do a book like that when you're not seeing the person and you're just hearing them? And before Manjula, I could answer. Leta Ji took the microphone and said, playback single home." <laughs> so that answers everything. So, in other words, she is totally in, in control of how she can emote emotions through her voice. So, yes. the form of the first-hand account really suited someone like Letaji.
1: Hmm, and and uh, that's one of the big things um, that she herself points out in the book, right? About how um, she lent her voice to. I mean, the whole conundrum about whether she was um, the actress was influenced by her singing, or whether she sang for the, you know, the person.
0: Yes, it's a very important kind of situation because in the end. I think it was Meena Kumari who said, if Lataji is singing, we don't need to act. And that's a very <laughs> big statement. You know, yes. one thing was for sure is that when the singing era ended by the middle mm-hmm. of 40s, late 40s, yes, the, it opened the gates to a much better or a wider selection of actors because they no longer had to sing with a good yes. voice. Now, audiences yes. in India could accept a poor actor, but they would never accept a poor singer so, oh. therefore, there was no question of having an actor who had a not a very great voice do his own or her own songs. So, what it is, is that you feel that actually when you talk about authorship of a song, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to say exactly who owns the song. Because you have the composer, you have the lyricist, you have the singer, and you have the actress, and you have the director or the choreographer, who's making it, putting it all together. Now, these Mm -hmm. songs are not non-film albums. They are songs that are sung to be seen. So, therefore, emotion has to come across very clearly, without it being too melodramatic, because the face of the actress, the performance itself, will carry that aspect of the song. So you have to be very, very clever at how much emotion you put in and don't put in. I, I read recently, a friend was telling me that he had written, I uh, read an uh, interview by Rafi Saab, who mm-hmm. said that in the Chaudhree Kachan song, you know, the title song, he yes. thinks he sang it too much like someone who was intoxicated, a little nasha. You know, oh. the, if if you hear the song, it's interesting. It sounds a little drunk. Like Rafi Saab could sound like that,
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: himself said that he thinks that he put a little too much emphasis on that when it was not appropriate to the scene or the performance of the Guludat. So you mm-hmm. see, the voice carried the performance inherently, the performance, and determined how the actor would then picturize it, not, sorry, not picturize it, but illustrate it by the face and so on, and then picturize it by the selection of close-ups, long shots, mid shots. That was in the hands of the choreographer or the director. So you cannot talk about a song situation as authored by one person. It belongs to everybody, and everybody has to be
1: of top quality. Mm. Okay, but uh, you know this this thing about how her voice, how she, how she made her voice suit different actors. You know, I mean, different. Yes. That's sort of magic because sometimes it doesn't work with some singers, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Now she said to me that she doesn't change her voice. Uh, And some people had asked her when you sing do you change your voice to Sarah or Newton or whatever? She said, no, I never change my voice, but I do find out who I'm singing for. So she was a very, to me, a very kind of a psychologist. And she hmm. could tell by the expressions of that actress that she knew and was familiar with, where how she would come across singing a song. So Sarah Banu looked very, very young and slightly like, innocent. So you have songs like eh Tidaho Hoga Muchpal, it is a very soft, uh, girl-like singing going on. And whereas when she would sing for Newton, who knew classical music very well, so in a song like Bari Jhute," she would be able to give the taans and the murkis exactly because she knew that Newton could lip sync it. So mm. she did. She was aware of the singer without modulating or changing her voice. That it was always the Tamangeshkar.
1: That that, It's a strange kind of magic,
0: really. I mean... Absolutely, it's a very strange magic. And I think it requires tremendous skill and a tremendous understanding of what cinema does. And all the singers of that era really understood cinema. And she always said the most important thing were the words. Her emphasis was on diction and articulation of the words. And uh, she... You could sit down and transcribe immediately a number of her songs. Whereas nowadays, and many other singers, you would have to listen to the record or the number quite a few times before you could figure out what's being said. Oh,
1: that's true, the enunciation is very clear.
0: Absolutely. All of that generation Mukesh, Ji, uh, Rafisa, Basha Bhosle, all of them had impeccable enunciation.
1: Mm. Why do you think that is?
0: Why? Because they were very rooted in the language and they spoke it every day, whereas today I'm not sure which language they speak. the voices and the lyricists and the music composers are speaking every day. They're probably speaking English mostly, and there mm. it was like rooted in the language and the command mm. over the language.
1: Now, you know, talking about this, this this shift, I mean, it there has been a definite shift, right? Yes. You know, in the people who make the films. I mean, a, a lot of them maybe speak Hindi or Urdu at home with their parents. Yes. But in general, would speak, and maybe even at home, they're speaking in English, largely. Yes. In English. yes. And in general, also in English. But uh, so the. The space that you know Hindi or Urdu or the mother tongue occupies. It's very different now,
0: very different. But a big thing you have to say is the filmmaker. The films themselves do not support lip-sync songs easily, because yes. they are more you know Manjana, they're much more realistic. So how the hell are you going to introduce somebody singing if you yes. actually are very close to reality? So the space for the Hindi film song or Hindustani film song has decreased enormously. And so it's no longer a scene. If you take away some of the old songs, To uh, It's a whole scene. If you take that away and you make it a background song, it won't matter what he's saying. The words will not matter so much. So therefore, uh, when you have an actor lip-syncing, it's a whole different impact.
1: Huh. It's... Um... I was thinking, you know, it's, you know, the the fact that it's not part of the vocabulary of the film, you know, otherwise in the older films, I mean, it's part of the narrative and it's, um, you know, it adds to the story right now. Like, I think you've, in in your conversation with her also, you brought it up, but how it's restricted to maybe item numbers. Yes,
0: yes. The, The whole tradition of the song as a sync song and a narrative song has gone really and has Every year you can see less and less of it. And only people like uh, Sanjay Leela Bansali, for example, yes. uh, you can see he uses songs in the traditional way, but most people
1: don't. Yes. Yes. And is it because, I mean, I don't know, is it because it now people, find, unless it's Sanjay Leela Bhansali, yes, where you're kind of drawn into that world, yes. people find it comic almost. I don't know why and at what point we made this transition. But it's happened. It's happened
0: and it happened in Hollywood because when the musicals started dying out because they thought it was very unrealistic for a hero and heroine to start singing to each other. So by Mm. the end of the 50s or the 60s, it had gone from Hollywood. So I think it's taken much more time to go from here, from the Indian cinema, but it has gone. I don't know about the South Indian films. I think it's still there, but uh, Mm. a lot of the independents, for example, particularly the independent films, you will see the, the role of the song has really decreased.
1: Yes. So, that's a real loss. I mean, and yes. you can't imagine Mangeshkar without
0: the Sink's songs, yes. right? You can't imagine. You can't imagine because her, the best songs. But also, what you find is that if you look at these uh, song contest types, you know, these programs on television, yeah. talent programs, you will find... What do they sing? They are mostly singing the old songs because yes. it is the old songs that resonate with the public and are familiar to the public. And it's also that the uh, words are lovely and they they are have an impact. But uh, you won't find the young singers, even in the teenagers on these talent shows, singing a new number. I mean, I haven't seen many. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so while I was reading the book, you know, I also thought that you know this. Um, I mean, Lata Mangeshkar herself is such a repository of knowledge about, you know, um, so yes. many eras of music and yes. ways of working and technology, even yes. sound technology. Absolutely. You know, like that bit where you where she's telling you about the wax, um, yeah, wax wax discs and you know and how yes. they used to record. So talk about that. Yes,
0: you know. Uh, when she passed away, it was a very, very sad for all her fans and mostly for her family and people who knew her. So it was a real personal loss, a real personal loss. On another level, in terms of an objective kind of uh, colder level, you could say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: she with her went a huge, massive chunk of film history and film music history. Yes. Uh, and be- why? Because if, for example, today you could interview Raj Kapoor or Kidar Sharma or K. Asif, right, you could mm. only find out about the way he worked or you interview Nargis, or Meena Kumari, then you'll find out about the way she worked. But the mm-hmm. singers, the playback singers worked with everyone. They worked yes. with every composer, every lyricist, every musician, every director, every writer. So they had a kind of overview of the industry and a knowledge of, the, of all these people who are making the industry what it was in a mm. much deeper creative way than an actress who would have worked maybe even on 30 films, but only 20 directors, where she has worked with hundreds of directors, hundreds of everybody. So mm. her overview, or if you could have interviewed Rafi Saab or Mukesh you would have found the same thing they had an overview of who was doing what and their different styles so that's an extraordinary history plus Lataji was very 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 intelligent and she mm. also understood the technique was that was changing the recording technique the distribution of the disc and how that was changing and how people you know from the Radio, it went to the transistor radio. So the song started traveling. And then with cassettes, the song started traveling all around the world. So all these things were major transitions in how we consume the uh, music and how they performed it. And she was very well aware of these changes.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know, talking about her intelligence, I mean, when, when when one is reading the conversations that you people, you know, both of you are having, and it's, it's very clear that she's so sharp yes. and so focused. Yes. So, what was that like, you know, talking to her?
0: Because uh, she was very focused, but also very considered. In other words, mm-hmm. if there was a question, she needed a bit more time to think about the answer, she would take that time. That I like, because sometimes... You, you can come up with an easy answer very quickly, but a thoughtful mm-hmm. one sometimes takes time. Plus, mm-hmm. her memory was impeccable. Which means yes. to say, is if you said to her that song from 1972 or 82 or whatever, and she didn't remember it or didn't remember the year, she said, nahi hai. She would not mm-hmm. make it up to keep you happy. She, she didn't make up stories to keep you happy. And that is a great relief when you're interviewing someone.
1: <laughs> yeah but her memory is so sharp and all those yes. little details about people yes. and yeah you know like 50 years before your conversation yes and she remembers somebody saying something i mean i can barely remember what somebody said to me <laughs> yesterday.
0: yes i i hope you remember what we're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> i do i do yes <laughs> so did you have to coax her a lot or Not she just all. came up with
0: these things you ask her a question, she was thoughtful, but she remembered everything very clearly. She had a very distinctive understanding of people. She was very much like an observing psychologist. She understood mm-hmm. the characters, the difference between Babu and Kamala amrohi or Raj Kapoor and Guru Dutt or, uh, you know, one person. Composer S.D. Berman and J.D. She understood mm. the different kind of personality. They weren't all one to her. They were all highly individual. She was very fond of Majru Sab and spoke about him with great fondness. And she had a lot of respect for creative people. And uh, that is lovely to hear. You know, that's a lovely thing. She appreciated their work. Mm. Mm. And for so, example, her work with Mother Mohan, everybody knows that she was very, very close to him and her, his son, Sanjeev Kohli, very, very close to them. And actually, mm. I must tell you, Manjula, it was thanks to Sanjeev Kohli that I actually met Lataji. He, okay. I was making some programs on for Channel 4 Television in England, and he mm. liked them, and then he, we met. And then he recommended me to make a documentary, which I did, a six-part documentary for Channel 4, Lataji, and this mm. book came out of that experience. But it was honestly thanks to Sanjeev, who is Madan Mohan's son, who mm. encouraged her to work with me. Okay. And then we formed a relationship subsequently. Hmm. Okay.
1: Okay, and I remember she says that, you know, Bega Maktar was yeah. very friendly with her. And that yes. must be the Madan Mohan connection.
0: Must it's... be. Yeah. And yeah. also Mebub Sab, don't forget, she worked in Roti. Okay. So, what? there was somebody the other day who said to me, he was quite surprised to hear how these artists like Begum Akhtar and Priti Raj Kapoor or Mehboob Sab and all, all of them were known to each other personally. Yes. And, and also it came as a surprise to many that many classical musicians were well known in the film industry. It was a surprise to people to hear that Ustad the Ali Akbar Khan Sahib was mm-hmm. working for Nafkitan. or Jay mm-hmm. used to be Ali Akbar Khan's assistant. It came mm-hmm. as a surprise because popular cinema was so looked down on by many that they could not imagine that high art and popular art would have a meeting ground. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Zakir's father was okay, kha, but he also worked as a music composer. And they, uh, Jay Dave, who wrote the most amazing soundtrack in *Ham Donno, he hmm. was uh, uh, Ustad Ali Akbar Khan Sab's assistant. Hmm. So they did not see this fusion happening, and there was there was a fusion.
1: Hmm. Maybe that it wasn't publicized, but I guess everybody needs to kind of keep keep the home fires burning. So yes, but <laughs> they know.
0: respected were respected in that world. Mm. were not just uh, any old musician coming along to play the shehnai He was Bismillah Khan's yes. So you know there was a lot of respect, but the outside of uh, was not that. Uh, there was uh, slightly apologetic about Indian cinema. That became more pronounced in the seventies, eighties till the Khans in the nineties. There was a period where it was seen as low art. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know, true. It yeah. was, and so it. Uh, the fifties and sixties—you can see that by the publications. There are very few publications in the fifties and sixties. First-hand mm-hmm. accounts of how all of these people worked.
1: Yeah, that's so sad, really, because Tactic. that's a great. Yeah, it's a great story. I mean, you know, there is so much to know about how they worked. Yes, yes,
0: huge, a huge story, but uh, you never hear it really. Uh, you know about some, but not about everyone. Yeah. Not about everyone. And also, the books on cinema really have started since about 15 or 20 years. Back in the 90s, they weren't that many books. Yes.
1: That was also I think it grew out of this idea of it being low art.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to some extent. It is true. And it was a big deal if India today would have a cover story with a film star. Do you remember in the eighties? Yes. I don't know what age group you're in, but you know what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm not young. <laughs> oh, neither <laughs> am I. Neither am I. So that remember, there was Shabana Azmi's. There was a cover in uh, India today. It said "sitting pretty," and there was the one man industry which Madhu Jain was uh, writing about. Mister mm. Bachchan. That's ninth, That <laughs> that was a big deal. Now mm. it, they are everywhere. The stars. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I remember, you know, the people used to accuse these, uh, you know, non-film magazines, and it was true. Yeah, they put up a, uh, put up a filmy cover to, uh, to increase sales. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: So but yeah,
0: it was a for a commercial reason, yes. and not necessarily out of love for the stars.
1: Not at all.
0: Yeah. 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 But things have totally changed now.
1: Yes. Now it's a bit like, like Lata Mangeshkar herself uh, yes. uh, mentions and maybe it's too much. It's right?
0: overdoing it. Yeah. It's doing, they're not rocket scientists. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, now it's too much. It's like uh, they have to sell everything. Yes. And when you sell everything, you sell nothing, to be honest. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: You know, you yeah. don't stand for much and you don't sell much. <laughs> But uh, that was a different time.
1: Yeah. So what was, you know, like these conversations that you had with her? Yes. uh, I mean, what were the difficulties of doing this? Difficulties was the distance to some extent
0: because I was in London and she was here. But that wasn't a major issue because we used to speak once or twice a month on the phone for two hours ago. Now she would speak in Hindustani and I would be typing immediately into English and I didn't even have the wit to record it in those days. And uh, so I was. You didn't
1: record? No.
0: No, I would type it as she would go. She would take me a story and I'd type it. And then when everything was ready, we sat together and went through the whole thing because I could have mistaken one word or didn't spell something right and so on. And we sat together and went through the whole manuscript and then made sure that it was factually correct. And I had not misinterpreted something. Some of the interview was recorded The bits that came from the documentary, that obviously was filmed. So I had transcripts, Mm. but everything Mm. that was, which is hell of a lot, 30, 40 percent was added to the book. That was all what you call live typing. Gosh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My goodness. That, that, that's a feat. (laughs) That's a feat. That's a feat. That might have helped for the cataract to develop. (laughs) possibly <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes oh. but I really regret not having the you know the software to record it. it'd It be lovely to have all that yeah you know? but because one day uh, I had said that I wanted to include the Doha I had mentioned this before but I had said I wanted to include the Doha that is in aigawala mm. and uh, I, I said mujhe met, net mil jayga, kahin to mil she said and then she started singing, Manjula. Wow. She, she sang, oh, you know, the whole Doha that comes before.
1: Oh, fantastic. And I was
0: sitting in London and I had goosebumps and I couldn't believe what was happening because this is Latamageshka singing that song of one's childhood, <laughs> you know. Gosh. It was a uh, it was a very strange feeling, and it was very moving. It was very moving, but I I didn't have the uh, wit to record any of this.
1: Mm-hmm. It would have been great to have a recording oh, of really? conversations.
0: But the conversation mm-hmm. of the film obviously exists. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah,
0: that exists, of course. But anyway, what can you do? Everything you think you should do, you don't do at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: also, technology wasn't so easy then, right? No, now you just. No,
0: it wasn't.
1: So, I now, mean, if you're doing it on a cell phone, you just press record and you get yeah, the whole thing. Really,
0: really, it wasn't easy, and it was even difficult because I had a kind of handset. It wasn't even properly on a speaker, so you know you were kind of trying yeah. to type and, and keep the handset in position. It was, but that is. I can imagine
1: it must have been
0: tough. Oh, tough! Mm. But it's a kind of mechanical toughness. What you got from it uh, intellectually and all of that was of another level. Yes.
1: Yes. Mm. But having Lata Mangeshkar sing to you is something else. (laughs) But it was what wonderful!
0: It was all in the context of the work you yes. know what i mean it wasn't yes. to for any other reason but she knew i wanted the words and she mm. knew the words so to make everything more efficient she just sang them so mm. she, for her it wasn't a big deal for me it was a massive deal yes you know wait,
1: wait. At some point, you know, you point out that she's like... Somebody tells you that she sang 28,000 songs. Yes. But you mean to say that she kind of remembered the words of most of these songs?
0: She could. She had an amazing memory. My God. But I don't know about the number. The number has been floating in all different directions forever. (laughs) So I don't know about numbers. But all I can say is that she had an extraordinary memory. In other words she could remember the song perfectly, perfectly. Mm. And uh, mm. it was interesting because when I was talking to Javisab the other day about uh, mm. uh, how does he remember so many poems, he knows hundreds of poems. You just mm. ask him for one poem of Ghalibs and he'll, he'll give you the whole shave. And he mm. said he thinks it's because he has a musical ear and mm. in which that it becomes obvious to him if he's missed placing a word in the line in the wrong place because the meter would not work. And mm. Lataji was very, very aware of poetry. So she knew that the, where the meter was. And her, her, obviously she had a genius for musical understanding. So she would instantly remember that this word cannot be there. It mm. has to be here. Mm. And if she did not remember, she would say, please check it. So, mm. it, you know what I mean? It was never, never uh, a kind of a lazy attitude towards stuff. Never. She was one of the least lazy people I've ever
1: met in my entire life. Mm. Mm. And, and all this is amazing when you uh, consider, I mean, I didn't know this, that she didn't have a formal education, right? Mm. She didn't. As you know, you saw in the book where she says uh, she went to
0: school for one day. Yeah. one day and uh, because she wanted Asha to come along with her who was much younger teacher said oh what well, you can't bring this toddler here and mm-hmm. so she said she said okay then I'm not coming and she left took the toddler and left you know yeah. so yeah. basically it shows that her mind was so strong mm-hmm. that she didn't she wasn't you could have authority over her she couldn't be mm-hmm. bullied mm-hmm. and uh So, later she said that there was a servant who knew Hindi very well, so she learned Hindi. Then when Dilip Kumar passed a comment about her Urdu, then she got a Maulana who taught her Urdu. So, she Mm -hmm. was somebody whose mind was very curious. Hmm. You know, when you say to somebody, your Urdu is no good, that person will feel affronted or offended. But hmm. and a, you'll get a bruised ego, you know, Manjulai. Right. How many times you've heard, said something and someone gets a bruised ego and sulks for a week. Yes. But uh, she didn't do that. She went home and asked one composer who she knew. I think it was Shafiq Saab or someone and said, mujhe ek chahi, ye Urdu. Now, that shows curiosity, not ego.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually said that uh, her Urdu would be flavored with dal bhaat, right? Isn't that what he said? Yes,
0: something like that. But in in those days, they used to say all that. Now, it's totally um, non-PC, you know. (laughs) Now, you can't say it, you get your head chopped off. Why wow, you can't say anything. <laughs> you can't say anything. So I don't know how we've come into the era of the podcast when we can't say anything. <laughs> oh, well. <man. laughs> yeah. You know, we have to really mind our, what's it called, dot your I's and cross your T's. And it's yes. very proper. But in yeah. those days, they didn't mean offense. These were idioms. This is an idiom. Yes. Yes. You know? Now you could say, "What is that saying about uh, Dhobi Kaghat or whatever?" That what is that? There's a thing about uh, about the dog and the Dhobi Kaghat. How? Oh, oh. 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 You know the one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes,
0: uh, I, I, I yeah, get it. Something about th- now. They, uh, uh, it's completely uh, slipped my mind, but you know the one. Yeah, I, this, I get it. I get
1: the basically, one.
0: Basically, today you might have somebody say you can't talk about a dog like that. <laughs> you know
1: so, uh, dhobi so, uh, no,
0: <laughs> ka na, ha, na, ka na something naghaatka
1: yeah na yeah that's it
0: that's it you got it can, you, uh,
1: why, why could we remember this simple one
0: <laughs> because it's too simple yeah <laughs> you know but anyway we just heard from the dog he wasn't happy about this <laughs> he objected he He thought what the hell I'm right here and they're talking about me (laughs) I take (laughs) offence I take (laughs) offence honestly (laughs) but to be more serious the fact is they really uh, Lataji was somebody who did not uh, she really believed in improving her her curiosity was so great she improved stuff she would learn stuff Rather than say, "Look, oh, I don't have to do that." I'm Lata Mangeshkar, you know. Yeah. That was a, a big, big thing, big thing. Mm.
1: And also, her comments on her contemporaries were also very interesting. You know, when she when she talks about Gita Dad, she talks about how she sang. Yes. Like yes. You know. So yes. Yes. the 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 specific things about each person i mean yes. you know i don't know how much you edited out when she's talking not about much. People. not much
0: not really much it was mainly punctuation and you know that the sentence because i was typing as we went it had to mm. be uh, no typos and stuff like that but there wasn't serious editing like a whole chunk of paragraph none of that like that went and mm. also uh, that she was very confident in herself. She didn't feel insecure. You find people who get insecure, sometimes it can, it can be an issue.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, she was quite sure. And she knew that if she didn't wasn't sure, she would learn how to be sure about an okay. approach to a song. or the, You know, everybody wanted to work with her, all the composers. And obviously hmm. people say she dominated and she didn't let anyone else in and all that. I honestly, I'm telling you objectively, I can't really believe that because producers are not idiots. They have yeah. choice. They, their decision, Manjula, is based on commercial viability. Yes. If her records are selling, why would they take X and Y? You know? They they wouldn't. They just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You Nobody know? So- no. Nobody does anybody favors. That's true. No, you can go with the best script. But if you've got a star behind that script, you'll get that script made. Yes. Now, is it, does does that mean the producers are bullying you? No, they are commercial questions. Mm. Who's going to see your film if there isn't a known face in it? Yes. So we are, as the audience, as to blame. Because we bought Lataji's records. Hmm.
1: But, uh, you know, uh, there was this constant complaint about how she didn't let other singers grow. But there's nothing from when you read the uh, uh, things that other uh, lyricists or uh, music directors say, it's very clear that they have have great respect for Lata Mangeshkar. And And they chose her. They chose her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They chose her. Yeah, You know, some didn't. Famously, Open Air didn't because he had Gita that, and then he had Ashaji and yeah. that was fine. And he, it was known fact. It, it was yeah. a known fact. A director like Guru he opted for his wife Gita first. That yeah. is a known fact. Now, if Raj Kapoor's wife sang, maybe the situation would be different. But people, when they opted for someone, they opted yeah. for her. And yeah. uh, that was their personal choice. But there was a commercial angle too. The songs would sell. Not just her. Why do you why did they go to a composer like RD or S D or Shankar Jaikishan? Because they were commercially yeah. viable composers. That's Eventually true. the films is not all art, it's also a lot of commerce.
1: Yes, of course. You know? and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but also what comes across about i mean the reason i think why they were in awe of her was because also of her intelligence and her great uh, and and whatever the un, the x factor that she brought to the work right right
0: i think she brought a lot of discipline She Mm. saved them lots of money. She'd come into the studio, hear the song that the composer would sing once, go to the mic, record it, and go home. She was not uh, having all the musicians hang around for eight hours and paint overtime. Is that Mm. factor. She was very quick and grasped the song very quickly. And also another thing, you have to think of the time when she started, mid to end 40s. Mm. How many women could call the shots then? Mm. Very few. Very few. Very few. So she was functioning in a world of men and where men made the decisions. So she had to be very clear what she would accept and what line she would not cross.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And the line she didn't cross is that, especially when she, she says things that, like, you know, uh, she wouldn't sing anything which has a double meaning and yeah. stuff because, like that. So, yeah. Because she came from a tradition
0: where she didn't want vulgarity. Hmm. and uh, in a way the people, the lyricists that she worked with you can't say Sahir would ever light a vulgar line or Majru Saab or Rajendra Krishan or Anand Bakshi they're not people who write vulgar songs hmm. you know. so even though people accuse later on of double meaning songs and so on like Chuli ke Biche Kya Hai which is an Anand Bakshi song he really says it's a folk song so hmm. I mean people don't even know sometimes what they are complaining about. In folk <laughs> music, in folk songs, they're very full of double meaning.
1: Yes, of course, yeah.
0: Full of double meaning and people have sung them for centuries, women yeah. included. It's, it's not some new thing it's at all. It's not a new thing. In fact,
1: it's super old. Yes. You know? And in fact, it is because, you know, it's such a traditional society that those songs exist. That's like. right.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And also if you find, uh, I mean, the film songs that she sang or even Rafi Saab, none of them were really vulgar.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: You can't say that they were, you know. Mm, I didn't think so. I can't think of many that were. No, I can't think. So what is your favourite Latta Mangeshkar song?
1: My favorite really is that song from uh, uh, Mahal. I remember... Um, yeah, I remember hearing it as a child when they when yes. showed it on Durdash and being transfixed. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. You it's, know? A it's very such haunting. a magnificent song. Magnificent.
0: I have to tell you another story about that song. Mm. I had made a program called Movie Mahal and it was shown on uh, London in, on Channel 4. It's produced for Channel 4 television. Mm. And... It was a big hit, that series. And one day I got a letter from an English woman called Caroline. And she Mm. said, I was born in India and I had an ayah in the late 40s. And she would sing me a song. And I tried to find that song for years because I had moved back to England in the 50s. Mm. And Mm. I used to sing it to my Indian friends. And obviously they couldn't figure it out. And one day I happened to switch on Channel 4. And what do I hear but that song? And it was aiga, <laughs> aane wala.
1: But why couldn't her friends figure out the song? She woman? may,
0: she may have been totally besura. Kya jaane? <laughs> huh? If That's I start true. singing it, it you wouldn't recognize it either.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know. I really, I really, laughed at the point where when uh, uh, Lata Mangeshkar herself said that something about somebody being. Uh, There's one bit where she says that she can't stand it if somebody's off-tune. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's
0: true. It's very painful. Yeah. It's a very painful experience, you know. It must be especially painful for her. Oh, totally. Because she was, you know, impeccable on that level. And there was famously that other story about Bari Ghulam Ali Khan Sab, You know, he's sitting with all the other great musicians and mm-hmm. Jasraj Pandit Jasraj always told this story, and then they were all talking about whatever rags or whatever. And then suddenly they could hear from the other room the radio playing and this song, yeah. is Ki Hai jo ki ka ho gaya. So apparently, Bari Gulamani Khan Sahab told everybody to be quiet because he wanted to hear the song. So once yeah. the song was over, he turned round to them and said, "Come, ye kam kabhi besura nahi <laughs> Which is a lovely way. And Lataji loved this comment. She yeah. told it to me and laughed and loved it. Because here was Bari Ghulam and Nih in this august uh, company saying such a thing. And Kambakh is not a bad word. It just means no, no, of course unl- not. unlucky girl. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Because yeah. but now most people won't even know what Kambakh means. That's true. That's true. Lataji's songs will live on forever, forever.
1: That's true.
0: And there, That's some true. of them, they just break your heart. I was hearing that song, Apki Nazrone Samjha, the other day. Oh, the way she sings it. Yeah. You know? And once I asked Majhru what is more important, the tune or the voice? And he said, Awaz. He said, mm-hmm. wo sochte hain ye kya hai, or phir uske baad tune aate hai, ye kya ga hai, or phir, the words were second, sorry, and third was the tune, kaise gara hai.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful
0: way of explaining. Kya
1: and
0: that was really true because her songs are. Uh, there are so many of them that uh, it would be yes impossible to to tell you how many. And there's the other one from Jal Chandni yeah. Rati Pyar Ki She is extraordinary mood, and I was listening to one song from uh, Chaudhry Khan Jan the other day. Uh, oh, the softness she brings to that, you know. She understood the psychology of the words.
1: So, you know, while I was reading this book, and you know, when we got to the bit about sensitivity and how she was like so sensitive, uh, and 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 the directors, music directors, saying that you need to be sensitive to, um, yes a great artist is always sensitive and she herself says that a, a murderer is never is, he is able to do what he does because he is not sensitive. Yes. So, you know, so maybe is that, do you think that's what made her song so full of emotion? I think she, for
0: one, the voice is superb. The voice is the foundation and the pillar. Yes. No matter how sensitive you are and you don't have a good voice, it won't work. But Mm -hmm. the voice itself was wonderful and her understanding of emotion through words was wonderful. Like you hear some poets, when they recite a poem, they don't have feeling. And there's some poets who recite and they're full of feeling. And Mm -hmm. her voice had the potential of being full of feeling and full of different moods of emotions. It wasn't one emotion. You know, she could be happy, sad, uh, angry, uh, flirtatious, uh, spiritual. It's, it's a combination of knowing what mood the song is. And that came from the com- composer. She's not the only one involved, yes. but she has to perform it. So yeah. in the end, you're, she, you're out there alone because eventually when you're singing, you can't get the composer to start telling you yase murkilo, yase you mm-hmm. have to do it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you're with the with the work. You know, I mean, you're right there. You can't hide. You have to sing that song. And yeah. uh, I, I just have to tell you, Manjala, I feel today and I've felt it for some time now, totally privileged that she let me do this work with her. Hmm. Totally privileged, and um, the book is full of amazing history and amazing detail of her life. And uh, yes. it was—it's uh, a record. There will be other records, but it is one record that I think will have value in the long term.
1: Hmm. It definitely has value because she herself is talking about many things.
0: Right, it's in her voice. That yeah. is why it's called in her own voice.
1: Yes. Yes. And you know, mm-hmm. what I found especially interesting about the book, are the, there are so many anecdotes. I mean, I didn't know she was wearing gold piles or yes. that she went went to uh, went to watch films by herself. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, very few people do that. And, and that she
0: liked going to Las Vegas, you know. <laughs> Play
1: the slot machine. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, such it's so innocent. I mean, who yeah. would imagine? You know? Yeah. Somebody, but also she was not scared of enjoying these things. That is what's good, mm. you know. She mm. wasn't tr- trying to give me the impression of a saintly person who would, you know, and not yeah. have any kind of uh, sense of fun. She had a great yeah. sense of humor and a great sense of fun. Yeah.
1: And and she seems to have had like really uh, long friendships with a lot of yes, people. Yes, she
0: right? did. And very, very... Uh, I would say a very loyal kind of friend. You know, mm. I mean, I'm a nobody really in her world. Uh, mm. But uh, over the years, whatever I would call her, she would be very, very sweet and warm and friendly. Honestly. Mm. You know, mm. Mm. the book was over, the film was over, but she re- treated me with the same affection and respect. And very few people do that. When they come, so, ah, oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, but all the old timers had a much better sense of loyalty. You know, they integrated the experience of having met you. So when they meet people, they didn't forget them. Yeah. You know, now maybe people meet too many and there are too many people to remember, but uh, you know what I mean. But the old timers really integrated who you were. I always Mm. felt that. They remembered who you are. Hmm.
1: Okay. And tell me about, you know, the essays that you added at the end. I mean, you're getting people yes. to write. Everybody from Dilip Kumar to Manna day and, you yes. know, uh, Sultan Puri. I mean, so many people and plus her siblings. Yeah. You know, talk yeah. about that as well.
0: Because I think, okay, there was the first hand accounts, but there were also people with whom she interacted very closely. And mm. it was nice that all of that could appear in the same book. You could find this on the net in different forms, but you it has to be in the same book, you know, mm. and that's what was important that you have uh, some other, uh, if some other comments about who they were, you know, mm. who mm. she was to them. So mm. that section is called our D V, That was the family, and then her colleagues. Hmm. Salut up, Dilip Kumar, Khayam, all these people had a very definite opinion about her. Yes, and so I thought it was a good thing to include it, hmm. because otherwise and the Manade uh,
1: piece is very funny.
0: Yes, very funny, <laughs> very funny, and also Vahidaji the way you know, they, they they had great friendships. I'm telling you, yes. Dilip Kumar really, yeah. Really? Yeah,
1: go, go, both these both these essays, yes. and especially you know, in Day says something I mean, uh, like you know the things that I mean, only somebody who sang with her and had yes. a close relationship could say anything about you know, that, re, Papi Bijua, that song, yes. how yes. she what she added yes. to it. Yes,
0: what she added to it, and she would add it during the recording, so these yes. guys couldn't shout because they were on microphone. <laughs> you know, they couldn't say hey, You know, they were being recorded right then and there. So yeah. uh, so it was, and it's lovely because when you surprise someone mm. in a recording or in a song or in an interview, you get some other aspect of that personality, which yes. is fresh, which is fresh. Yeah. And that's ultimately the heart of interviewing. How do you yeah. surprise them? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's really, it was wonderful experience, the book and... And I was very, very keen on the cover photograph, which Sanjeev Kohli had in his collection. And oh, she beautiful. looks like her expression is one of such amazing openness to the world. You know, like, yes. ah, we're starting the whole world here. Get yeah. A beautiful smile, beautiful yeah. smile.
1: Yeah, the photographs are very nice. In
0: there. Very nice. They're everywhere now. they are being used everywhere. But yeah. they're mostly from her own personal collection. Mm.
1: And the fact that she was a, like her hobbies like photography and yes. she stopped it during the digital era because she found it unchallenging, I suppose. Yes,
0: unchallenging. And <laughs> also just the curiosity about the world, you know, yes yes and, you know, loving Nat King Cole. Yes. That, yeah. You know, that was one of her favorite singers. Yeah. So all that shows is openness to the world.
1: And and watching a you know watching a particular film like multiple times, yes, you know, twenty King times, twenty times.
0: <laughs> yes, and she liked yeah. uh, Yul Brynner's voice. His speaking voice is very distinctive. Yeah, I think the young generation won't even know who uh, Yul Brynner was. Yeah, or yeah. Deborah, Kerr, yeah. you know? Yeah, but uh, she, it was. It's another time. Time is gone. Time is gone.
1: Yes. And on that note, I, I guess we shall, I mean, I, I would love to talk to you for for more time because this is a great book. I mean, I really loved it. It's I'm so, so glad. Full of, you know, so full of detail and, you know, it's it, it makes me want, actually, I finished reading it and I said, I have to listen to all these songs again, right yes. now, <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: So it's so, been very lovely
1: talking to you, and Best yeah. luck, best yeah. luck. So for for the reader, go out, you know, go out and get this book. It's um, I mean, of course, Lata Mangeshkar's songs, they've been like like Dilip Kumar is quoted as saying in this book, you know, Lata Mangeshkar's songs are part of our lives and our memory, and that's really true. You know, it's it's kind of sad that we've lost both these great, uh, you know, artists. Yes, uh, but well. Um, so yes. go out, you know, for the listeners go out and get this book lata mangeshkar in her own words so this is um, you know in conversation with nasreen muni Kabir it is a great read it's a very rewarding read and uh, a, it's an enriching read also you know so thank you so much nasreen for coming oh you're most welcome you're most welcome bye bye This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD
0: Smartcast.
1: Everybody in your
0: crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.